come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to the first episode of a podcast on Fury Road. We are your hosts, Mark and Brooke. Uh, and yeah, if this is your first time hearing our voices, um, we are seasoned veterans of the podcasting game. Um, we started our podcast called A Podcast on Elm Street, which focuses on all horror movies. Uh, about three years ago now and then we just recently decided to branch off and start doing some action movies on top of it yeah so here we are um it was very hard for me to remember to do not that podcast introduction i know i was really thinking like <laughs> when you said free road i was like wait what what are we doing <laughs> um but i'm nervously excited for this venture i don't know i i feel like we're starting off like for the first time Mm -hmm. like like i was getting like pre-recording jitters on my way down here oh really yeah i was like uh hope it runs smoothly yeah and uh we can get through our first one and then after that we'll be good i think we'll be fine yeah but uh we um well, I mean, there's there's a shit ton of great action movies out there. So we each picked five movies, and then we had a friend of ours, Dennis, um, longtime supporter. He picked two, and then we did a poll. Well, he ran a poll, um, and it got all the way down to the winner, which is today's episode, and that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, kind of uh, took me by surprise. Me too. Me too. Because this movie beat out some some heavy hitters. Like this, it did. It yeah. beat out some Sylvester Stallone movies, uh, some Nicolas Cage yeah. movies, mm-hmm. Arnold. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it was the demographic. Mm-hmm. A lot of nerdy people that we're friends with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not happy that this movie didn't win or that this movie yeah. won. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim defeated the seven X's or however right. many movies there was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but before we start talking about the movie, we are going to jump into our booze and box office news. Changing it up a little bit. Brooke, what are you drinking for our first ever action movie episode? So, uh, stopped at the brewery. Um, for anyone who has listened to other podcasts, uh, there's a German brewery across the road from my place. Uh, so I'm drinking a the Browork Hoffman Shores beer. Mm. Looks and like dark. It is very dark, but it does not taste like a dark beer. This might be my favorite of theirs. Okay. Um, it's 
Sorry, there's a lot of condensation on here and I can't uh, open it. This is embarrassing for a muscly <laughs> podcast. You're looking like Scott Pilgrim right now. I am. Okay, you just go. I'll, I'll get this. All right. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking a manly drink tonight and I'm just having some whiskey. It was on the rocks, but they have melted now. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. I figured I shouldn't bring down like a, a cider or a margarita or something for this first episode. Why? Because we got to look like men, like manly men. We're tough, strong. Ooh, that is dark. Holy shit. I can barely see it up against your black sweater. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Looks like a Coke. It's really good, though. I love it. Nice. All right. Have you been watching anything? Uh, I watched sure a bit. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I see how it is. Disabled uh, screen sharing. Oh, for fuck's sake. See? I was flustered, man. <laughs> One second. <clears throat> there. Uh, watched a few things. Um, watched Amadeus. Uh, hmm. It's been on the watch list for a while. Uh, it's also on the IMDb top 250. Yeah. Um, watched the director's cut, which is three hours long, but mm. uh, honestly, it did not feel like three hours. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what this movie is, uh, it is about Amad- or Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yes, sir. Um, and it's a really cool story. Um, I actually went to Salzburg when I went to Austria for fuck like five years ago now and actually did a tour where he was born um so it's pretty cool but uh, basically it's told the narrator is another composer i forget it's it's like luca sorielli or something like that i forget what his name is but uh yeah it's really good uh mozart was a very weird guy um especially the guy that plays him like his laugh is like hilarious like he's such a little kid uh <laughs> i really liked it um yeah and then the movie that's in my watch list uh this movie called thief um michael mann movie it okay. has uh our guy from misery in it uh can't james con yeah um so yeah, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, he plays like a a bank vault thief, pretty much. Okay. Um, it was okay. Uh, beef. I already watched it, but I I didn't know it was on Letterbox, so I had to log it in there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, watch a movie from this year called Rye Lane. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. It's uh like a rom com. Um, very good. Uh, I highly recommend. It. It's only an hour and twenty minutes. Okay. A very quick watch but like uh, the um the style of the camera and editing was like really cool uh really awesome movie um nice and then uh for tv shows i finished silo season one okay uh, highly recommend that show it's really good um and then i started hijack on oh, nice. tv as well uh i was pretty hesitant about it because mm-hmm. like like how good can a TV show about hijackers on a plane be? But I, it really surprised me. I'm like, I've watched five episodes. Um, 
and it's really good actually hydrostelba okay. is awesome so yeah of course yeah yeah so nice yeah what about you uh i i've only watched um the black demon this week which is a, okay. a shark movie that came out this year um it was not good I, I don't recommend it. I rented it for, I think, $5 just because. Oh, damn. Yeah. I don't know why. I I really don't know why I decided mm-hmm. to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's only $5 lost, but it's not worth it. Um, a friend of mine at work, he's been talking about uh, Snowpiercer, the TV show. And he, mm-hmm. like, is binging the fuck out of it and says that it's amazing. So I think I really want to check that out. Because we both, Netflix? I think so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we both love the movie, and he said yeah. it's really good. So okay, okay. And I feel like that's a story that's interesting enough that it could go. I think it's. I think they're done recording or done filming the fourth season now. Mm. I think there's three seasons on Netflix. Oh, okay, but yeah, I'm interested to check it out, and I do yeah. really want to watch Silo. Yeah, it's good. Really good. Nice, 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 nice. All right. So for box office numbers, um, we don't have anything updated for this week yet because it goes from Friday to Thursday every week. And with today mm-hmm. only being Thursday, we don't have the uh, yeah. the numbers for today. But I do have the weekend domestic chart for last weekend that just went by, so August 4th. Um, I'm going to do the top five. So at number five, we have Haunted Mansion, which pulled in $9.2 million on the weekend. I figured and that I, would have been up there. Yeah. And a total gross of $42 million. Um, at number four, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which pulled in $28 million on the weekend, and it has a total gross of $43 million. Oppenheimer is still still up there. Uh, in third place, it pulled in $29.1 million, and it has grossed $228.9 million. Uh, you know, the Meg- I would... Sorry to cut you yeah, off there. Go ahead, go ahead. I would say that's kind of underwhelming. The total gross? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know what Barbie's at currently. I've been following it a bit, mm-hmm. but I felt like Oppenheimer got like way more hype. Maybe not more hype than Barbie, but like I don't know. I, I feel like 229 million is like kind of underwhelming for yeah. this movie. That's also this is only domestic too, so. Oh, okay. It's not worldwide. No, I can check the international charts after and see what it's actually at. But mm. yeah. Um, in second place is the Meg 2. Uh, it, really? Yeah. It pulled in 30 million uh, on the weekend. And this, wow. was its, this was its opening weekend. So that's its total gross as well. And obviously Barbie finishes off uh, the list in first place. With a weekend gross of fifty three million and a total gross domestic gross of four hundred fifty nine point three million. Yeah. Now let's the wow. international charts just for shits and giggles. Let's see. Still brought in fifty nine. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Where's worldwide? Oh, there it is. Worldwide, Barbie is at. 
Oof. $1.059 billion. Oh, it did hit the billion mark. Yeah, it did. So. As of right now, Barbie is in second place worldwide on the year. Yeah. Can you, do you know what the first place one is? I'm kind of surprised, actually. What's other big movies came out? Oh, it's between two. You know, I'm going to go with Fast X. No, Fast X is in fourth place. Oh, okay. So here's the top five for the year so far. Spider-Man Across the Universe, or Across the Spider-Verse, Fast X, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay, that was going to be my other guess, yeah. Yeah. Barbie. Yeah. And the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. I, that came out this year. Yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah. yeah. $1.3 billion in the worldwide box office. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oppenheimer's in eighth with $581 million. Mm-hmm. The Little Mermaid. Wow. $563 million. That's crazy. It beat John Wick 4. Damn. Anywho. So, yeah. That's what we got. I imagine next week, Barbie's probably still going to be in first place. It's probably going to be like that for a little while. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because that movie is taking the world by storm. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be our Top Gun Maverick from uh, yeah. last year. Yeah. I think it's going to be in theaters for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and a re-release. It's just going to keep bringing in money, just like yeah. Maverick did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, cool. What do we have for 4K releases this week? All right. Well, speaking of Fast X. Already? Yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah, so Fast X. Um, that's it. Oh, uh, that steelbook is sick. Yeah. Uh, A24 released their shop exclusive Everything Everywhere All at Once. Nice. Uh. I was very tempted to get it just because I kind of want to keep going because I have Hereditary and uh, The Lighthouse, mm. but I mean, I already have it on 4K, so I mean, I don't know. If I you do want, get it, I might just, uh, just give you, I was gonna say uh, you if can you want to buy <laughs> the, uh, the 4K. Uh, I think this is very fitting for our release, or nice. our new podcast, uh, Enter the Dragon. Sweet. On Steelbook and 4K. The Steelbook's sick too. Yeah. Uh, Ender's Game. Uh, pretty cool Steelbook. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the book. Uh, the movie was kind of not good. Yeah. Uh, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams, which I haven't seen, but I know he mm-hmm. makes some really good movies. Uh, Fast and Furious 4K Collection. I mean... Man, that's a great price. That's US dollars too. Why do you keep saying that like US dollars is better for us than Canadian? Because you seem shocked at how expensive things are. And I just want to remind you that it's, no, but that's not Canadian. That's, no, that's a good that's, price. That's is, $17 yeah. a movie. For all 10 movies, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing, 4K. Be a pretty cool pickup. That's and a that's TV it. show? Not a movie. It's like I can't really see it. You, you oh, need to okay. scroll over. Well, sorry. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. Laser yeah. vision collection. Yeah. Hmm. But uh yeah. That's it. Some good movies actually this week that released. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I actually picked up a couple of 4Ks myself. It was at Walmart, and they actually had 4Ks for once. They had uh, one copy of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. So I picked that up. I don't have that one yet. And I bought uh, Dungeons & Dragons on 4K as well. Nice. What's that? Did you? Now? I think 25 bucks. That's all right. Did you end up finishing it? <laughs> no. You didn't? Okay, because I no. picked it up. I was like, I meant to ask Mark if he saw the cameo in that, but yeah, I guess not. For any new listeners, I have ADHD. Um, <laughs> self, self, subscribe, self, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Diagnosed, self diagnosed. Um, I can't finish it. TV shows, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will get around to it. At this point, I probably should just start it over from the beginning and watch the whole yeah. thing. But yeah, I mean, the beginning is <laughs> hilarious, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. See, like I say that, but then I go on kicks where that one weekend I watched Avatar and then Avatar The Way of Water and then fucking Zack Snyder's Justice League all in one weekend. It's like, yeah, that's... that was 10 hours in three movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Ridiculous. Anyways, let's uh, get into this movie discussion. Let's do it. Excuse me. Um, like we mentioned previously, this week we are talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World from 2010. Hard to believe this is 13 years old already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, starting off the synopsis in a magically realistic version of Toronto, Canada. Whoop Um, a young man must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes one by one in order to win her heart. It's very sentimental tale uh this movie is directed by edgar wright who has done movies such as baby driver Shaun of the dead hot fuzz the world's end one of my favorite movies from 2021 last night in soho and he did the tv show spaced which came out uh long before Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and the world's end and it was i think it was kind of like the uh um, I don't want to say debut roles for Simon Pegg and uh, uh, Nick. I forget Nick. Nick. You know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I Nick feel like Frost. an idiot. That's it, Nick Frost. Um, but I feel like it kind of helped put them in the spotlight. Yeah. So, but I love Edgar Wright. I don't know. I'm assuming you do yeah, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was like thinking, like watching this, like just how fucking crazy this movie is visually. <laughs> yeah, if he had stayed on for Ant Man, mm-hmm. like how much of the MCU do you think would have changed? You know, yeah, because that story probably would have been a lot different. I do like Ant Man a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot, but I like it. But I think just Edgar Wright, I think would have been sick. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, because like with Baby Driver, Last Night in Soho, and like I'll say The World's End, because Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz weren't like very visually pleasing, but like those, like he's got an eye for cinema. I would say in like, I think we talked about this when we did uh, the Shaun of the Dead uh, on HMC. Um, 
in the Cornetto trilogy, especially in uh, Shaun of the Dead, like his editing and like stuff like this, this camera, like when he just mm. quickly goes from like scene to scene and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, This cast list is fucking insane, dude. I know, dude. It's been probably like three or four years since I've seen this. And, you know, the credits come up and uh, Bettina's watching it with me and all I see is Anna Kendrick. And I was like, what the fuck? Anna Kendrick? Yeah. And then I see, uh, um, like, who's her girl's name? Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. I was like, what the fuck? She's in this? I don't yeah. remember her at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so many big name actors. I'm going to go through them all, but I'm not like, I'm just going to do it really quick. Okay. Cause I didn't know who to leave out. Why don't we just do the main ones and then for the cameos, we can bring them up when we get to that boyfriend. All right, fine. So obviously uh, we have Michael Sarah playing Scott Pilgrim. We have Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing Ramona Flowers. Um, Kieran Culkin, I guess we'll put him up there. He plays I mean, nowadays, right? Yeah. Because of succession. Yeah. Uh, he played Wallace Wells. Anna Kendrick, as you mentioned, was Stacy Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. Aubrey Plaza plays Julie Powers. Allison Pill plays Kim Pine. And then yeah, there's some other lower level people. But I do have three honorable mentions. Okay. Um, Bill Hader's voice. What? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He he was a voice in this. I don't know if he was like, like whenever they do the video games, if he was like huh. the countdown voice or something. Hmm. I I'm wonder sure. if that counts my letterbox. Is it's weird. Yeah. Uh, and then Thomas James or Thomas Jane and Clifton Collins Jr. Uh, Dude, when I saw Thomas Jane, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck." Uh, and then the I other guy it. looked familiar. I didn't look up to see who he was, but he looked familiar as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they played the vegan police, which oh, was man. incredible. So fucking funny. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, actually, the the guy that plays Stephen, um, Mark Weber, he was in the green yeah. room. Yes, you're right. He was. Yeah. Um, Johnny Simmons, he's in some stuff too. Played young yeah, he Neil. looked familiar. Yeah, young Neil. Yeah. <laughs> now he's known as Neil. Yeah. Anyways, now we've gone through pretty much the whole fucking list. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but uh yeah. Lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into this movie discussion. Well, do you want me to do uh stunt? Stunt crew? Oh yeah, right. Sorry. I Even thought reminded we were, you. Yeah. I thought we were gonna do that like at the end. Go for it. Go, go, go. No, no. Okay, so uh as part of our action kind of cast, I wanted to give a shout out to um some stunt people and kind of movies they've done, uh stunt coordinators. Um and the stunt coordinator for this one, uh which I recognized right away, um Bradley James Allen. Uh he was a huge stuntman coordinator who worked a lot with Jackie Chan and got where it's where he got his start from. 
um, did a lot in Jackie Chan's crew. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2021 uh, at the age of 48. Um, so Shang-Chi was the last movie that he did, and uh, they dedicated that to him. Um, so yeah, he's he's done a shit ton. The Kinzen movies, uh, he was a stuntman in Sinister 2. Uh, Insidious Chapter 3, The World's End, he was the fight choreographer um, in that movie, Pacific Rim, like, this guy did a lot of big yeah. movies. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, uh, Kick-Ass, which, funny enough, went up against this movie, like, Avatar, he's done, I can keep going, like, he's done yeah. so, so many big movies. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate that he passed, uh, but yeah. And then another guy I wanted to kind of mention was a stuntman named Johnny Keynes. Uh, he's been a stunt court, stunt performer in uh, Gotham Knights video game. Okay. He did Fat Man. He played one of the elves, which is the <laughs> Mel Gibson uh, yeah. one. Yeah. He was a stunt double in the Umbrella Academy. He was a stunt performer in Spare Parts, which is okay. uh, a horror movie um, that uh, we enjoyed. Uh, what was another one I saw? The Predator. He was a stunt uh, stuntman on that. I thought there was another. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuntmen in this movie. So, I mean, oh, uh, you know, I could... I could go through all of them, but there's 66 people that are wow. uh, credited with this. So, yeah, if you're not letting me go through the actors, you're not going through 66 stuntmen. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Now we're ready to talk about the movie. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this movie is based on a comic book. Mm hmm. Um, which I've never read, but uh, I was gonna ask you that. No, I haven't. No, uh, apparently, the video game is really good though, that came mm -hmm. out on the Switch a few years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we got Michael Sarah, he plays uh, Scott, who is uh, 22 years old and is dating a high schooler, uh, who is 17 and is named Knives Chow. <laughs> which is such a weird a name. ridiculous name yeah um and like right off the bat like you just know exactly what you're getting with this movie mm -hmm. just with the music the opening credits uh yeah. i forget the one trivia read but there was like a big actor who told edgar wright to put in that opening number scene with the paramount uh, or so the Universal Studios song or whatever it was. Yeah, and it was his um, brother that designed it too. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they're all in a band, a punk rock mm -hmm. band. Um. I'm trying to like as I was watching, I was trying to think of like who they reminded me of, but I couldn't really think of any real life band. No. Um, but their name is Sex Bob Bomb. Sex Bob Bomb. The way that uh uh what's her name? Um I didn't write anyone's name down. Oh Kim. Yeah. Uh the way that Kim like says it is like I don't know, it's weird. Like 
<laughs> he says it very fast like it's like one word like yeah 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 um one little bit of trivia that i read on this is all band members so uh mark weber johnny simmons and allison pill all had to learn their instruments that they played mm-hmm. and michael Sarah actually had to dumb his bass playing down so he didn't <laughs> outshine them because he is actually in a band as a bass player that's crazy. So, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And like he, they all have really good stage presence, but like his mm-hmm. was like, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't forced. Like he's fucking getting right down there and he's rocking out on the bass yeah. and he looked, he looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, so yeah, they were in a band and uh, knives is like obsessed. Like as soon as she sees them play, like they're like rehearsal in the, <laughs> the apartment she like just gets like infatuated with the music and uh scott like she's like she's like head over heels for this guy like she's like crazy in love with him it's uh i mean she's five years younger than him so Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense yeah it's true uh so yeah they finish up their band practice and uh we meet uh scott's roommate um wallace who is played by Rory, Rory Culkin. And uh, his Karen. character is really... Is it Karen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. Uh, his character is really funny. Um, he's, like, a gay guy. And, like, I love the jokes with the movie. Like, he just keeps bringing home these random guys. And they have, like, one bed. <laughs> just in the middle of the living room. They'll, like, share it. It's, yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, so Stacy is Scott's sister. Um, the first scene I really like is whenever him and Knives go to like the arcade and they're playing that like mm-hmm. that ninja dancing game. Yeah, it's like Dance Dance Revolution, but ninjas instead. Yeah, like just doing the choreography for that must have been like so hard because like they're like matching each other like like nothing. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And she, he'll like bend over and she'll like roll over his back and yeah. Which is kind of like, uh, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like for the end of the movie, right? It kind of Mm -hmm. foreshadows plays into that. Foreshadows into that. Yeah. 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 Uh, And uh, we meet. They go to the uh, record store, where we meet Julie, who I don't know exactly, like what her relationship is with Scott. She used to date uh, Stephen. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I mean, classic Aubrey Plaza, just like she's great. She's just herself in this this yeah. movie. She's hilarious. Yeah, I love her so much. She's yeah, just like a bitch and like super sarcastic, and she she's always swearing, but it always bleeps her out because this movie's only yeah. like PG thirteen. Yeah, later <laughs> in the movie, yeah, because I yeah. guess they were gonna make it uh, not rated R, but I think they were have a higher rating, but. Yeah. Someone decided to like put the the bleeps over her yeah. swears, so yeah, it's funny. Um, and this is where we kind of get a bit of backstory on Scott. Uh, Knives picks up a record. Um, oh, fuck, I didn't write down their band's name. Remember what it is? It's like it's a yeah, it's a weird name. It's like. It is um, big off. 
Oh my god. I know yeah, I she saw picks, it. picks up a, a record um and it's Scott's ex. Uh you don't really know like he's not he's kind of like scared to tell her, like he's kind of like pissed at his ex. Yeah. Did you find, did you find it? Sorry. Um The Clash at Demon Head. The Clash at Demon Head. Yeah. yeah. Uh and uh so she is played um I guess I didn't write down her name. Um uh Brie Larson. Yeah, but like her character uh Envy. Envy, yeah. Um oh well, she's really far down on the fucking cast list, eh? Yeah, because there's so many. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. So Envy, uh, who is the lead singer of this, who used to date Scott, and like you don't really know the backstory. Like she like asks and Scott's like, Yeah, I used to listen to them, then they signed a big record deal and whatever. And he's like, She's a bitch. Yeah. And then you find out, yeah, it's Envy uh played by um you just said her name. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so so then they get invited to Julie's having like a party, and another like friend the band wants to go, but um, I think it's like Scott who like convinces everyone to go to the party. Uh, and uh, so they kind of like show up, and they're like kind of like not popular. Like Julie is like you know kind of being a bitch and like why the fuck you're here, and uh, says where Scott. Sorry, the night before Scott has this random dream mm-hmm. that he sees this girl. So he doesn't know her name, but he mm-hmm. sees a girl with like purple hair and, and then the party. Huh? Rollerblades. Yeah, rollerblades, yeah. <laughs> then uh at the party, he sees this girl and he's just like infatuated with her. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, can't believe it. And um you come to find out that her name is ramona flowers and immediately like he just ditches knives and just goes right after her and they you know they kind of throw the night in like the next couple days they kind of like start talking and becoming friends and stuff like that uh and uh and then yeah so he starts basically cheating on knives with ramona flowers and um then you get uh you see a little bit of what happens with the boyfriend starting to show up mm-hmm. and uh i love that she doesn't tell scott like anything until like <laughs> three or four people into it and he's like why is there all these people trying to fight me like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah there's one uh, scene it's not like anything pertinent to the story or anything like that, but Ramona works as like a delivery person for Amazon. Yeah. And uh, you see Scott like sitting down on the floor in their apartment or house, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And he goes to Wallace. He's like, Wallace, what's, what's, what do you think the website is for Amazon.ca? And <laughs> Wallace is like, uh, Amazon.ca. So he's like, yeah. Uh, he's like, I got to order something really cool. So he orders something and then you see him just like sit in front of the door waiting for it to show up. Yeah. And it was, it ended up being her that delivered it. And I think that's when they started 
I don't want to say like not dating, but like kind of hanging out. Because mm-hmm. he loses interest in knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so also, I love all of the little like nods and stuff to mm-hmm. Toronto and Canada. Yeah, like I think this movie is like one of the best, like well represented of, like it actually has Canadian like uh, stores and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's a. Uh, uh his sister works at a second cup yeah which you don't see too many of those around anymore but there's a home hardware in the background of one scene yeah pizza uh, pizza 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 yeah they order pizza pizza uh yeah it's great yeah it's fun it's and um there's a scene where they're where they're at the mall and i was trying to look in the background to see like what all the stores were in the mall yeah yeah and me too there's a couple that i recognized but yeah uh, so yeah, now Sex Bum Mom gets invited to play a Battle of the Bands, and uh, during this show, um, Scott gets attacked by the first boyfriend, uh, Matthew Patel. Matthew Patel, yeah. And uh, I like this fight. Um, it's kind of when you first see like the video game like kind of anime style like yeah animated stuff yeah uh i really liked his like energy and his like comedic timing i thought was hilarious Mm -hmm. and then he like um summons these like i don't even know what they are like like witch like i don't gothic girls with like pigtails and shit and yeah. like they're like dancing and stuff like i i read it was supposed to be like kind of like a bollywood mm-hmm. movie which i see um, yeah yeah i can see it yeah uh so yeah he ends up defeating uh mr patel and then i love that as soon as you like defeat one of the boyfriends just all these coins like <laughs> fall and scott's just like oh sweet a coin <laughs> and they're all like loonies and tunies yeah yeah. I like he picks them all up and he's like, oh, three, two sixty four. He's like, that won't even be enough for what did he say? I can't remember what he said. Oh yeah, it won't be it won't even it's not even enough for the bus ride. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Fine. But like, it's broken down into like boss battles, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love like just like the animatronics and like the music and the sound effects in this mm-hmm. movie, like. It's like a video game because, like, as soon as like you hit someone, it's like you know, like a uh, bam, bam, and like all that stuff. It's, yeah, uh, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is where he kind of starts learning that in order to date Ramona, he has to defeat the seven evil exes, and uh, he just defeated one of them. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, he's pretty confused and pissed about it because <laughs> you know uh one thing i'd never really quite understood of this movie is like why you know like i know gideon is like the one who put it all together mm-hmm. because like i think he still is in love with ramona yeah but like you know it's like why like i know it's there, like a video game but there's actually a trivia on it um so 
the comics were written by Brian Lee O'Malley. So uh, the original concept of Scott Pilgrim is based on two premises. The first was the idea of what if after a life of playing video or after a life of playing fighting games, someone confronted you and you actually had the ability to fight like a street fighter character. And the second concept came about when Brian Lee O'Malley was dating his future wife, Hope Larson, when he learned that she had dated three different guys named Matthew. O'Malley Ooh. came up with the idea of a League of Matthews, and this idea developed into the League of Evil Exes. And Matthew Patel is the only evil ex to keep the name Matthew. Oh, that's so cool. It's kind of like a it's like a real life situation where he kind of came up mm-hmm. with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, yeah, and then there's one scene I think after the next day when he's like walking in like the alleyway, and then all of a sudden someone, this like girl pops up and she has like makeup under her eyes and yeah. has like weird hair and she like threatens Scott and Scott's like, who are you? And she starts like, she can like teleport kind mm-hmm. of thing and like Scott like ends up stop- he doesn't beat her at this fight, but he ends up like just kind of, you know, stopping her basically yeah because he has to fight the exes in order so like she shows up out of order so i don't think she can actually like she's actually allowed to fight him yet no no because uh she was probably i'm guessing college or late high school whenever she was in her uh what she call it uh her Her bi-curious phase her bi-curious phase yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and so the next boyfriend we see, uh, you kind of get a few um, foreshadows of uh, our next character, uh, Lucas Lee. Yeah. Um, because he's like on a TV commercial that I think Wallace is watching. Um, and Lucas Lee is exactly what this podcast loves. Just uh, <laughs> cheesy uh buff action guy yeah and i think like okay he's played by chris evans for anyone who didn't know and i thought that this was just fantastic like chris evans like his comedic timing is so good yeah and i think like after going through like watching the whole mcu phase and seeing him as captain america i thought Watching this now made it even better. Yeah. It was his, just so good. His character in this kind of reminded me of his character in another teen movie. Yeah, it did. Yeah. A little he's bit. just like a dumb yeah. jock almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Like after watching him as Captain America, seeing him in this, it's like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just makes it even more funny. Yeah. Cause like it we've does, seen yeah. him in this like serious superhero role for the last like what, 10 years. Mm hmm. So to see him in something like that, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so before this, Knives. Uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, Scott tells Knives that yeah he's been cheating on her with uh, Ramona, and Knives kind of breaks down and blames Ramona for this. So she pretty much vows to get her revenge on Ramona and yes. beat her up. Um, so they end up going to this movie set together. Uh, I think for some reason Knives is there too. Um, but Ramona brings them, or no, 
Scott and Nye's brain, I think Ramona, because Ramona doesn't know like what it is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's this big movie set of action movie. And then all we, somebody, someone says like, oh, Lucas Lee. And then you just see Ramona be like, we got to go. <laughs> and like Scott's like, ah, what do you mean? And then like you see Lucas Lee like filming the scene and he's like talking and he's like talking to someone and he's like says something like oh fuck what does he say so i'm like getting revenge like i'm talking to you scott and then like scott thinks it's like a part of the scene but then like <laughs> he points at scott and just goes up to him and like starts fighting him yeah that's so good <laughs> and just like chris evans voice he does in it is just mm-hmm. like so funny yeah and uh like Lucas is beating the fuck out of Scott too. But then I don't know, Scott uses like his cunningness, I guess, and he feeds into Lucas's ego. Cause Lucas, yeah, he's a he's an ex pro skateboarder. He owns his own skate company, all mm-hmm. this shit. And he's, he's always got, he's got his uh skate logo tattooed on him. Yeah, yeah. So then Scott's like, uh I don't think he like he dares him. He's like Go down that rail. Oh no, what's he say? He goes, Can you do that grindy thingy on that rail? Yeah. And then uh Lucas is like, Well, there's like 200 steps there, and like the rails aren't like in good condition, and blah blah blah. And then Scott basically calls him a pussy. So yeah. then he does it and he it shows a, a fucking speedometer in the top corner. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up going like 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And by the time yeah. he hits the bottom, he just explodes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love before that when he gets his uh, his stunt doubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, and I guess like those are actually Chris Evans stunt doubles in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, or at least for, like for this movie, it was either this movie or like his actual stunt doubles. Uh, okay, of him, wow. but there's like seven of them in. <laughs> They're all like trying to hit, hit Scott with the skateboards. He's like blocking them, blah, blah. And then Scott just like beats them all up. And <laughs> yeah, because then Scott like, yeah, I did the grindy thing. And Chris, Chris looks as is like, it's called a grind, bro. <laughs> and then he's, yeah, he does that. And just like the way he like his voice is, I just loved it. So yeah, good. Great. And all like the coins ring down from the, the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So trying to think of what happens kind of in between each boyfriend like not too much happens um in between the boyfriends i felt like at this point the movie kind of starts like speeding up a little bit yeah uh so they get invited to open up for a surprise band um that no one knows who it is but it's uh scott X's uh I was I forget the band name already, but uh Clash at Demon Head. Clash at Demon Head. <laughs> <laughs> um so they play their set and uh it's really awesome. I like it. Um I think is it at this point that Knives is starts to go out with young Neil to try and get Scott jealous. Yeah, she's like, I know how to get back at him. Yeah. And then like I, I love this scene with knives. Um, the girl that plays Knives is actually in uh, uh fuck, what's the wrestling TV show on Netflix? Glow. Glow. 
Yeah. Um, I thought she was really funny, honestly. She is like one of my favorite characters in this movie. Just like the little uh like quick scenes of her like at home, like complaining to her best friend or sister about Scott. And yeah. She's like, Oh, I'm so in love, like fuck Ramona, and she like ends up dyed her hair and <laughs> like in the bathroom, she's like why is this burning my head? And Frances like, you should probably rinse it out. And dies like half her head blue to try to be like Ramona and like yeah. is in the bathroom with Ramona just like being like weird. Mm-hmm. Like and like mocked. follows her out and like yeah, yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> Trying to be just like her. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, so they have their show, and then out comes Clash at Demon Head. Um and I don't know if uh, the actress uh, Allison, Larson. huh? Brie Larson. Brie, I was gonna say Allison Brie. Uh, <laughs> You're back on glow. Yeah, uh, Brie Larson. Like, actually, like, is her singing here? But like, I fuck with this song, man. Yeah, it's good. And I read that Metric actually wrote it. Yeah, Metric wrote their song. And then Broken Social Scene wrote the four second songs from uh, that band Crash and the Boys. Yeah. yeah. And Beck was the composer for Sex Bomb. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So all Canadian artists, obviously. Beck isn't Canadian. Pretty sure he is, no? I thought he's British. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, he's American. Oh, okay. But yeah, I really like that song. Um that Brie Larson did. Like, I don't know if it's her performing, but like, I thought she did a great job. If that, yeah, if that is, is her singing, like she is really good. Yeah. And she, uh, should, she should pursue a career in music rather than continuing to do Captain Marvel. Well, I think the next, the Marvels is her last movie. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they finished their set and then someone comes up to the band and they're like, oh, Clash of Demon Head or Envy wants you to come hang out with them. So they'll go back. For some reason, Knives is invited to. I guess she's with Young Neil, so he's part of the band. And uh, we see Envy sitting on the couch with uh, Todd, uh, or better known as Vegan Todd, (laughs) who is played... What's his... I know he looks familiar to me. Uh... Yeah, I'm on IMDb right now, trying to figure out if Brie Larson actually sang that. Um, he reminds me of Zachary Levi, even though I know it's not Zachary Levi. I see that. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, vegan. What was his name? Vegan what? Todd. Todd. Uh, Brandon Ruth. Hmm. So he. Oh, it's him. Uh, uh, he played fucking Superman in Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he was in the Flash TV show. Uh, he was in Arrow. He played the Atom. Hmm. Yeah, okay. It's crazy that I remember his face. Because like I remember yeah. watching that Superman movie in theaters. And that was like... That was like 2005? Uh, 2006. Okay, it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, I, just, I saw a video pop up on TikTok uh, 
Ryan Reynolds actually auditioned for that role. Ah, oh, he would have been good in that. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah. Um this whole scene might uh it's hard to say it's my favorite. Um but it's just so fucking funny. So he plays yeah. uh Vegan Todd, who is dating Envy. Uh and just like I don't know, I, I feel like veganism and all this stuff is like what's going on nowadays, especially with like TikTok and stuff. Like I felt like this scene was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Because Envy's because... like he's vegan, and that basically means he's better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what does that mean again? And he's like, explain it. And she's like, uh, basically it means that you're better than everyone else. And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they're like talking on the couch, and then like Knives says something. She, I think Envy says something to the, like, so something about Scott, like, kind of talks him down. I forget what she says exactly. But then, uh, Vegan's, uh, Todd just fucking punches knives in the face. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, That's right. I don't have a problem punching a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then so Scott gets obviously really angry and goes to punch him. But then, like, Scott uses his vegan powers to like, I don't know, he's kind of like godlike. He like his eyes yeah. go all white and his hair gets all like white and poofy and just like stops Scott. Don't he almost goes like fucking Super Saiyan? He does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he like absolutely beats the shit out of Scott, um, <laughs> punches him through walls, all this kind of stuff, and uppercuts him to the fucking moon, basically. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, I love the story that whenever Envy is like talking about them and like how they start dating, and she's like, Yeah, he even punched a hole in the moon just for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Scott gets punched through like six walls, and then Scott's not hurt, but he has two cups of coffee in his hand, and Scott knows he can't beat this guy one at once, so he has to fight dirty basically. Um, he says he's like I love Michael Sarah in this scene because it's like so Michael Sarah. Yeah. Just like, hey, I want some coffee with coffee. He says some coffee, and then like Todd's like, milk. so yeah, he's like, oh, I know you definitely put half and half in one of those, and then uh, Scott's like, or the guys, I think he says before in the fight, like. I can read your mind of what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. So then he like, okay, here's the soy one. And like the guy takes a sip of it and then he starts like losing his powers. And Scott's like, I just really tried hard to think that I actually put the soy milk in that cup. And like, it reminded <laughs> me of that scene from the princess bride. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so funny. <laughs> oh. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, fucking yeah. the vegan please come crashing through the wall. I honestly forgot about that. <laughs> Especially when I saw Thomas Jane, I was like, the old Bettina was like, holy shit, he's in this. She's like, who's that? I was like, it's fucking Punisher, man. Yeah. 
So yeah, like, Thomas Shane and Clifton Collins Jr. They're the vegan police. They come in yeah. and they tell Todd that he <laughs> loses his vegan status because he, he drank the soy milk. And uh, Todd's like, "What? I thought I got like three strikes in a minute." And then they're like, "Actually," and they pull out like this fucking notepad. And they're like, "On yeah. on August fifth, you uh, ate chicken or whatever." And he's like, Ch- "Chicken isn't vegan." Oh, yeah, chicken f- parmesan chicken parmesan yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i forget what the first one was but yeah. this was his third strike so then they yeah. take away his vegan powers and then they they turn around and they go back through the hole in the wall and they're like they're like little schoolgirls. basically they like jump up in the air and like high five each other yeah they have like little ray guns that like take away his vegan powers yeah and then like they like yeah jump through like high five each other and <laughs> all of a sudden like his hair goes like just like flat down like gray and he doesn't yeah. have his powers and it's got just uppercuts the shit out of him yeah and uh losing him is his... no was it this one where he headbutts him and his head explodes oh yeah it is this one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, at this uh, point like scott's like pissed yeah he is and rightfully so I mean, he straight up punched knives in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so that is boyfriend number three. Three, yes. It's, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X three. number three, because there's still... X number three. Uh, yeah. Um. So... I don't think too much happens kind of in between um the big scene near near the end-ish, um when they get invited to this big ass nightclub type party thing. Uh and uh they're all there, and then all of a sudden the ex from who Scott fought before the girl, uh ninja lesbian ninja Roxy. Um <laughs> shows up and scott's like kind of confused he's like what what are you what are you doing she's like we have to fight the evil exes and he's like what but and then like he turns remote and she's like it was a phase and roxy's like <laughs> it was not a phase and stuff like that <laughs> uh, so funny um so he ends up fighting her uh it was a pretty good fight um well her and ramona start fighting because really? Scott, yeah, because well, yeah, it was a huge battle. Scott says he can't fight a girl. Oh and yeah, Ramona's yeah. like you have yeah, to, right. and then Ramona ends up pulling out this like giant ass fucking like hammer. Oh like, yeah, Harley yeah. Quinn style. Yeah, and they have yeah. this epic fight, and then she, and then Ramona's like, uh, the rules say that they have to die by your hands, and Scott's like, I'm not fighting a girl. So then Ramona gets in behind him, and she like puppeteers him basically and she's like slapping her around and like kicking her and stuff yeah yeah that yeah, was a good fight yeah but then and they bring like the weapons and stuff in yeah roxy's played by may whitman mm. she didn't really look too familiar oh man she's been in a lot of shit 162 mm. acting credits oh wow uh she's in the duff um, the perks of being a wallflower. Um, she's did a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, after this fight, uh, Scott gets pretty upset and stuff about uh, Ramona's dating history because it's <laughs> all over the place, and uh, they pretty much break up, kind of. Yeah. Um, they go their separate ways, and uh, the one scene I don't think it's happened yet, but whenever Scott she comes to the door and Scott I think it's whenever she first comes but Scott like grabs like a book or something like that and he tosses it over his uh shoulder into the basket yeah um well that took 33 times to do it yeah and uh I watched the blooper reel of it and like it's oh, so really? funny he just like the first 20 he just keeps hitting the wall and like short it and like oh man it's so funny <laughs> uh but yeah um, so they break up and yeah, then nothing really happens in between there. Like there's some good scenes with him and Wallace. Yeah. Uh, at one point, like Scott wakes up and there's another guy there and Scott's like, you know, like, what are you doing? And then like the next scene, there's like two guys in the bed with him. It's all like four of them just all together. <laughs> And uh, I mean to mention it before, but I love the scene near the beginning whenever Wallace finds out that he's cheating on knives and like Scott's really depressed. He has like baking on his lap. He's just like mm-hmm. chilling. And Wallace is like, You need to tell knives that or break up with knives. And Scott's like, No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, If you don't, I'll tell knives or some shit like that, or you have to move out or something like that. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Wallace is funny too, because he uh he's I guess he's like friends with Scott's sister. So mm-hmm. anytime Scott does something, he texts uh Scott's sister like immediately. Yeah. And yeah. then his sister calls him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is funny. Because whenever you first meet Wallace and he tells Wallace he's dating a 17-year-old. Yeah. Scott's like, oh, don't tell my sister. And then immediately, like, see him texting. It's like, who are you texting? Just walks into the bathroom, like, two seconds later, call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So at the next Battle of the Bands, um, Sex Bob-omb is having a battle against the next evil exes, which, like, you can't really tell that they're evil exes. Like nothing, there's no dialogue in this yeah. scene, really. Um, and they're twins, so I don't know if Ramona was dating them at the same time or what. Yeah, was that was something happening with that. Weird, I mean, yeah. if I was Scott, I'd be like, "What the fuck? You're dating two guys at once?" Yeah. Uh, so they're the fifth and sixth um, exes, and uh, yeah, their names are Kyle and Ken, uh, Kata. Yanagi, and I guess the actors don't even speak English, so I guess. Oh, really? It was there is some trivia on it, and it was like it's pretty hard scene to like film because they didn't speak English and stuff. So, hmm. yeah. Um, but I there wasn't really any fighting in this scene. It was more of both bands, like they literally had a battle of the bands. Yeah, like, this is what it was. Yeah, like their music formed into like this light show almost of like monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the monsters fought each other. Yeah, yeah. So the twins they cool. they like summon dragons, and they like send like a wave to the band, and they like all fall over and stuff. And all of a sudden they get like 
know, they're pat back in them, and then Scott summons this giant like gorilla yeti, gorilla yeti thing. thing, yeah. And uh, they're like fighting the dragons, and he like takes the both dragons and just smashes their heads together. <laughs> and I thought it was great. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, and by doing that, Scott earns an extra life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then the club clears out and this is where we see Ramona with her most recent ex, I believe. Yeah. Her seventh ex. Uh, she's back with the infamous Gideon, who we've heard a few times uh, throughout this movie, his name. Uh, played by Jason Swartzman. And I really like Jason Swartzman. I think he's honestly like an underrated like he's an he's a, he's a good actor, but I feel like he's more like a like a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in like every single Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked him in this movie. Yeah, he was good. And yeah. they find out too that because like, uh, the band is always they're always trying to get signed with this record label called G Man or whatever, and they find out that he is the producer. Like he's G Man. Yeah. So then Scott Scott has this like internal struggle okay. too, where like he wants the band to do well, but he doesn't want to be mm-hmm. underneath of what's he called a douchebag underneath this douchebag yeah. or something like that. So yeah, the rest of the band they accept Gideon's deal to sign with him, but Scott backs down and he wants to be rid of Gideon once and for all and save Ramona from him. Um. But yeah, yeah, Scott quits the bands because they they signed the deal and they have to get to young Neil to play bass. And <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't think it's Scott that says it or it's like at the end, but he's like, You're now known as Neil <laughs> <laughs> instead of young Neil. Uh, that's great. Um so then Gideon invites Scott to his uh venue called the Chaos Theater. Where Sex Bomb Mom is playing um music and Gideon is like kind of up on like his like throne and like uh Ramona is there like she's like chained up but like she's clearly like being held captive. It kind of reminded me of um Star Wars. Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia. Did you get that vibe too? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, would have been sick if they would have like put in some like that. Uh, before I forget, actually, there was one scene. Um, I went to bring up at Wallace's apartments. Uh, Scott is getting ready to go out with Ramon or something like that, and they're playing the Seinfeld music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had to get like obviously rights to play that um but that was so funny yeah there's a scene too where uh young neil's playing zelda and you can hear the zelda yeah. music in the background yeah too. yeah yeah they paid a lot of money to get uh that stuff in um yeah so scott challenges gideon to fight for ramona's love yeah. and immediately the movie is like Congratulations, Scott. 
you've earned the sword of love and like it comes out of his chest and it's so funny <laughs> uh and he's about to well he is fighting gideon and then all of a sudden knives comes out from nowhere with two knives yeah like a assassin and you think that she's gonna stab scott but she actually goes for ramona yeah and you know, Knives tells Ramona, like, you did this to Scott, like, how dare you, and you ruined my life, and they kind of have a dual battle going on. Yeah. Of uh, Scott versus Gideon and Ramona versus Knives. Yeah. Um. So, I believe, I don't know, is it this fight? Because they kind of have two fights, Gideon and Scott, because Scott mm-hmm. ends up getting killed, right? Yeah by gideon and he goes to i don't know where it was but kind of this like place in, yeah and then another like scott comes in and uh and then he basically he uses his extra life mm-hmm. um and then if <laughs> like before he's like yeah i'm not here for ramona i'm here to for myself and then like it's like congratulations scott you've earned the what is it? Um, sort of oh, the, the power of self-respect. The power of self-respect. <laughs> <laughs> Another sword comes out. And there's like all these stats on like the screen of like the sword and like its abilities yeah. and stuff. That's oh, so funny. I like one thing I like about this too is like whenever Scott comes back to life, it's almost like in a video game how you like save at the last checkpoint kind of thing, and then you come Ooh. back to life. So like he had to go through everything that he'd already done and like fight Gideon's like little minions and all this shit and then go up yeah. and have this whole conversation with Gideon again. Yeah. But it's almost like in a video game where you have the option to choose like which answer mm-hmm. you want to give and then yeah. he kind of like changed his answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, he has to join forces with knives together. And uh, it's kind of the throwback to their opening scene with the arcade, and they work together to defeat uh, Gideon. Um, They, like, break his glasses, and he's, like, losing his power, basically. Mm -hmm. And then Scott just, I think he knees him in the head really hard. Yeah. I think. Or he uppercuts him. Yeah. And then, boom, explode. 10,000 coins. 10,000 coins, and it's all (laughs) loonies and toonies. I love it. Uh, so yeah, now Ramona is free from him, and um, now Knives can kind of accept that Scott is no longer her man, that he doesn't really want to be with her. Uh, well, and I kind of feel bad for Knives, honestly, because Scott's yeah. kind of a dick to her, right? Like, he cheats on her, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. apart from that, he's like. I don't know, even when they're at the, like, record store at the start of the movie, like, he's kind of a mm. dick to her. Scott's, like, he's very quietly egotistical. Yeah, he is. Like, he's got a big ego, but he's, like, a skinny, nerdy guy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But before, like, the very end scene, uh, Nega Scott comes out, which is, like, the reverse reverse image of Scott kind of thing. Like, he's, he's all black yeah. and white, and he's got red eyes. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Ramona and Knives are ready to fight with Scott and he's like no like I need to do this myself 
So yeah. they go outside and then like 30 seconds later, Scott and Nega Scott come out and they're just like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll see you later. Like maybe we should get together <laughs> for some pizza and stuff like that. And yeah. then Scott comes up to him. He's like, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like this end scene where you kind of mentioned that like knives kind of, it's just accepting of the fact like Scott's ready to stay with her. Mm-hmm. And then knives is like, no, like, go get her. Like she's the one that you've been fighting for this whole time. Like, and he's yeah. like, well, what about you? And she's like, I'll be fine. And then yeah. he chases after Ramona. Yeah. Yeah. So like, who would you rather see him with? Take away the fact that it's basically statutory rape with him being with knives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he does say that they've never done anything before. They don't even kiss. They've only hold ha- held hands. Yeah. Right. Um I would say knives. I agree. Because honestly, Ramona is boring as hell. Comes with a I lot think, of baggage. Yeah. A lot of baggage. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ramona's boring. Uh knives is like the total opposite of scott i think knives brings out a lot in scott and he's kind of like teaching her things like she says she's never listened to music in her life and then all of a sudden she's like a huge fan of scott's band and then uh envy's band Mm -hmm. um i just like love her personality she's very like bubbly and Mm -hmm. outgoing and Seems like fun to be around. Yeah. Whereas Ramona is like kind of like I don't know, like she's a bump on a log, man. Yeah, exactly. Very like monotone and like Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that's like maybe a hot take. I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you. Like I would have been fine if him and knives stayed together at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, he just fought seven people get <laughs> with her all for yeah. nothing i mean it wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense but i don't know i would have been fine with it yeah so um one last question before we go mm-hmm. which of these evil exes do you think i don't know, maybe you couldn't take on because they have superpowers but like mm-hmm. which one would you want to fight lucas okay I'm picking Lucas because he relies on his stunt doubles a lot. Yeah. And Scott doesn't physically beat him. Lucas beats himself. Yeah. So Scott's smart enough to like feed into his ego and like get him to do something that he knows is dangerous and that will kill him. Yeah. But also like he basically calls him out for like not being as good of a skateboarder as he claims that he is and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like that fight because Scott really doesn't have to beat him. He beats himself. That's why Mm. I chose that one. Okay. Okay. What about you? Um, I'm with Matthew Patel. Okay. Just because realistically, he seems like the easiest one to beat. Mm. Uh, he needs help from his little Bollywood minions. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I'd be smart enough to beat the other characters like Lucas Lee or uh, 
Todd. So, yeah. And like Todd beats the fuck out of him, man. Like, he does. Yeah. Like yeah. Scott goes through <laughs> the ringer with him. He does. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. 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 All right. So we both picked like the first and second boyfriend. Yeah. The two easiest ones probably, but whatever. Yeah. It's all right. One thing I like, I like about this movie, but it's also kind of weird is the fact that Scott is just like this fucking martial artist, basically. <laughs> like out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. Like that first fight, he's just like, bah, 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 and like nobody around yeah. him is like, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, where's this coming from? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. Anything else uh, about this movie you wanted to talk about or really missed? I don't not specifically about the movie, but like I really want to read the comic books. Or I think yeah. it's is it a graphic novel or is it like a series of comic I think it's com- I think it's comic books, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um and I really want to play the game. Like it's an eight bit yeah. game, but I feel like it'd be really yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah. I don't know. You need a, you need a catchphrase for this podcast. I, I got one lined up. Oh, perfect. I don't know if it's good, but I'm gonna roll with it. I just thought of it during this recording. Sure. All right. And that's the way the nunchucks chuck. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I like that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Oh, that's, that's great. great. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, we're keeping the same rating system as we did with our, uh, as we do with our horror podcast mm-hmm. so we're gonna rate the story at a 10 and then we'll rate the quality at a 10 so if you want to go ahead and do that if you want to oh, go yeah, ahead sorry. and do that sorry you got distracted yeah <laughs> uh, uh story i will go with a i go with a nine out of ten or sorry no eight out of ten okay um i mean this is like a video game comic book so like the story is way out there doesn't make any sense but uh i just like the idea of defeating the several seven evil exes um and they throw in different kinds of exes and like different you know genders and uh ethnicities and like each one has their own spin on things it's not just like a a fight you know Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of characters in this movie but i really liked all of them uh, we never touched on Scott's past with uh, Kim, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Kim in this movie. I thought like she was very like Aubrey Plaza like. Yeah. Like she was like very like she's not bitch, but she just like said what was on her mind. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. So the cast of characters I really liked. Um. The story itself was okay. Uh, so yeah, 8 out of 10 for that. Okay. And then for quality, um, I got to go 10 out of 10 for quality. Okay. I just think like there's no movie like this movie. Mm. And Edgar Wright is one of those directors who puts his own touch on movies um he's one of a kind like you know you throw him in with like the west sanderson's you know 
Stanley Kubrick, Christopher Nolan, they all have their little niche mm-hmm. that they're really good at. And they do it over and over again, but it never gets dull or boring. Yeah. Um, I thought the acting was really good by everybody in this movie. Uh, the soundtrack was amazing. Just the like sound effects and the editing and the visuals, just like top notch. Amazing. So yeah. I'll go eight out of ten and ten out of ten. Nice. Um... you my story, I also gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I said it's a really fun take on dealing with a girlfriend's past relationships. And although it's like crazy and over the top, uh, it does display a lot of the true emotions in young adults in dealing with these issues, like the jealousy and the rage and the resentment. But then there's like forgiveness and self-awareness and shit like mm-hmm. that. Uh, the script was great. I was laughing throughout this movie like constantly. Um, they incorporated the video game ele- elements into this movie perfectly. If you grew up in the time of eight and 16 bit gaming, you will definitely enjoy this movie and appreciate the direction that Edgar Wright took on it. Uh, and I mentioned like how you did too, like in a movie with so many big name actors and crazy characters, every single one of them brought something to the table and I couldn't wait to see like what the next step was. Mm-hmm. Um, quality. I gave it a nine, but. I think I might have to bump it up to a 10, like have the nice. same score as you. Cause like you said, think about it. There's not m- really much of anything that I disliked about the movie. So yeah. like, this is the way that video game movies should be done. Like, I know it's, I know it's based and off a comic book, but like, I don't think, yeah, people don't consider this like comic book movie or sorry, video game movie. No, I mean, it's based off a comic, but it's, yeah, it's, based off a comic that's based off video games kind of right like um and just like everything was done so perfectly like how they had the score counters and like the coins mm-hmm. falling and like yeah. the stats for the swords and mm-hmm. all the different graphics that they had like during the fight scenes and everything like that it was it's just yeah. like so much fun so much chaos but it's great mm-hmm. yeah. uh the acting was amazing um i loved all the different personalities and the score and the soundtrack were fucking top notch so yeah but and it's canadian so i mean yeah what's not to love right Mm -hmm. uh yeah one little trivia i read is so this was edgar wright's first uh north american movie he did and he wanted every single actor to be american or north american yeah but one person stuck in there it was (laughs) british yeah and i guess it was the actor that played matthew patel because he did his audition with an American accent mm-hmm. and they thought he was American, but he's British. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't want any English actors. No, no. All right. So yeah. Uh, eight out of 10 for the story. And yeah, I'm bumping mine up to a 10 out of 10 for the quality. Very nice. Cause I can't really think of anything that I can take away from it. Oh Yeah. All right, you guys know our scores. We'll head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see how they scored it. So the critics' consensus, its script may not be as dazzling as it is as its eye-popping visuals, but Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is fast, funny, and inventive. So what do you think the critics scored it? I think it was a 92. Oh, an 82. Oh. 
Uh, that's on 274 ratings and an average score of 7.6 out of 10. The audience score was an 84% on 100,000 ratings and an average score of 4.1 out of 5 or an 8.2 out of 10. So very well received. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm happy to see. Uh, Letterboxd is slightly less popular. Um, it has a 3.8 out of 5. Still a good score. Uh, you and I both gave it a four and a half. Uh, Jess from HMC gave it a five. Alan gave it a three. Saw that. Yeah. Uh, what else we got in here? That's I guess I saw Anthony before. Yeah. Nathan from Hope You Suffer gave it a five out of five. We found a movie that he liked. I know. What the hell, man? <laughs> A lot of people have rated this movie that follow. Uh, Jensen, a four out of five. John from Porcelain Peak, a five out of five. Anthony gave it a four out of five. That's it. It's pretty decent. Not bad. All right. Well, it's time for stunting like our daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we gotta change that. That sounds bad out loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. All right. Um, so this section we'll be talking about our favorite stunts of the movie. Uh if we think um we would want to try any of the stunts, mm-hmm. um, and how we rate the stunts in the movie. Yeah. If anybody that's listening has any ideas on what we could name this section because we have been struggling and we thought stunt <laughs> <laughs> it sounded cool on text okay it did stun like her dad <laughs> stun like her daddies was gonna be good um but yeah i think we can both agree that i feel very uncomfortable saying it <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's gonna get changed. Oh, fuck. I'm dying right now. <laughs> that's hilarious. Fuck. Uh, what was your favorite stunt? <laughs> Compose ourselves. Uh, um, my favorite stunt. There wasn't really like any crazy stunts in this movie, but I remember yeah. the final fight scene with the two fights. Um, I don't know like how they were filmed. If they were filmed like separately and they just like edited them like to be side by side or like how they did that um yeah but i really liked the fight between knives and uh ramona almost stood out more than the fight between scott and uh gideon that's true um so yeah i went with uh with that one nice uh i'm not sure what we had next but uh stunt rating um I gave it a four out of 10. Uh, just like the choreography was pretty good. There was a lot of like CGI in this movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so like a lot of the stunts like were in like post and stuff like that. So I think the choreography of the fights was really well done, but there was also a lot of obviously CGI of like, you know, Scott doing wheelhouse kicks, you know, <laughs> Unless that was a stunt performer, but I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll give it a four to ten just to kind of be nice. And then 
would I attempt any of these stunts? Um, I mean, I would try and fight someone. I think that'd be fun if it was like <laughs> a controlled fight, you know, if I had trained a little bit for like a year or so to mm. do jujitsu or something and, you know, try it. Okay. Or I'd just be an idiot, just go on a skateboard and just try and grind a rail down it's and fucking just 200 eat shit. Stare, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Johnny Knoxville or something. Yeah. But yeah. How about you? Um, my favorite stunt, I also said the end fight, but I said the one with Gideon. Um, okay. But like also like the stuff leading up to it, like the the whole pre-boss fight with all of his like little minions and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um I just I thought the choreography was really cool. Like they're fighting with swords. This is the first time that that they're fighting with like actual weapons. Um it was well choreographed. I know you mentioned too, like a lot of it's CGI and whatnot, but like it felt like it almost felt like a like a Mortal Kombat scene or like a Street mm-hmm. Fighter scene. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm um uh you did you rated it next um i don't know what we're doing so whatever figure it all out yeah it's episode one um i gave it a three out of ten okay uh basically like same reason as you like it's a lot of cgi it's a lot of post editing and stuff like that um i'm pretty sure nobody's getting like punched 100 feet into the air in real life (laughs) um so yeah even with the CGI, like it was cool and it looked good. And I think it still looks good and holds up now because of the fact that it's so over the top and cheesy, like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. So yeah. it's probably easier to do like eight bit CGI than, than yeah. like actually trying to make stuff look real. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the fight choreography and stuff was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and would I attempt any of the stunts in this movie? I, I don't know, man. Like, do I want to get thrown through a brick wall? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think, like, because like the brick walls, I mean, they looked really CGI, especially like, the, through the five walls. So I yeah, don't think yeah. that's real, like styrofoam yeah. or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. I'll do. I'll do the grind. Maybe not on a skateboard. Like okay. I want it to be like on a snowboard and like a whole bunch of snow underneath me. Okay. Then I'll try it. I'll try that. All right. But I mean, this is a tough movie to to yeah. kind of call out stunts on. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, little fun fact about me: when I was uh, in like grade eight, grade nine, my dream was to be a stuntman. Why didn't you pursue it? I don't know. I didn't know how to go from Prescott to Hollywood, man. <laughs> you just got to <laughs> hop on a bus and move out there, like everybody else does. That's true, yeah. It's not too late. You're only <laughs> 33. You can do it. That's true, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool, though. It would be, yeah. What was my dream job back then? Actually, probably a video game designer, which I tried to pursue and I hated it, so I dropped out of I college. I think everyone did, because you always get those fucking ads and stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, want to play video games for free? It's like... Yeah. Do you want to get paid to play video games? Fucking right, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was before the age of Twitch and like YouTube gaming and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I dropped out after a semester. I hated it. Oh shit, eh? Wow. Some gamer you are. I like playing them. I don't like making them. 
Fair enough. It's a lot of fucking work for not enough money. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Anyways, guess that wraps it up. Said that weird. Wraps it up. You did. Um. So we kind of decided that uh, we were going to just uh, take the top three movies from that poll and make those our first three episodes. Yep. So uh, what came in second? Um, the Rock. The Rock. So, yeah, that'll be our next episode in two weeks. Yeah. We'll be talking about The With, Rock. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it's a documentary. Yeah. Uh, not that one. It's going to yeah. be the one with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my picks. So it was. Yeah. Yeah. I had just watched this movie for the first time, like last year. I think I remember you talking about it. Yeah. So I was trying to do my Nick Cage. That's watches right. And didn't get that far, but <laughs> I gave up on Keanu too, man. I was just like, I, know. Ah. I think I watched maybe like, 15 movies yeah i don't know yeah you made it further than me but hey on the plus side doing this podcast they both have a lot of action movies so they do maybe we can work away on it Mm -hmm. but uh yeah thanks for joining us on our first episode of podcast on fury road um normally i would go through a big spiel but uh i don't have our link tree and all that stuff set up we don't have a patreon for this podcast we don't have merch for this podcast um but if you want to it would be great if you would follow us on instagram um on both of our podcast accounts that would be super cool so obviously this one is at a podcast on fury road our other one is at a podcast on elm street um yeah thanks again for listening yep Thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you in two two weeks. weeks. See you later.